0: Welcome, this is Jessica Ortner, and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment, because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Hello and welcome to today's episode. We live in a very interesting time where we are often very overwhelmed by choices. What to wear, what to eat, what to do next. And all of these possibilities and all of these choices are creating more stress than we realize. I loved having this conversation with Courtney Carver. Her story is very moving Oftentimes we have moments in our lives that force us to take a step back and look at how stress is impacting our lives. And hopefully we don't have to wait for that big moment. Hopefully we can listen to an interview like this, be inspired and begin to make little changes that have big results. So Courtney is the creator of Be More With Less Her website is fantastic. I love her blog posts, and she has a new book that just came out called Project 333. We talk about that, but the biggest thing about this interview that I really left with was looking at my life and asking myself, how can I make things easier? How can I limit the choices that I need to make so I have room to think, to be creative, to have fun? And this is what this interview is all about. I hope that you enjoy it. And I have to say, as always, this show is sponsored by the Tapping Solution app. You're on your phone right now, most likely. So just go to the Apple Store or Google Play, download the app. It's absolutely free and you can tap to release anxiety. You can tap to have a boost of happiness. There is so much available and it's incredibly powerful. So check out the Tapping Solution app and enjoy this interview. Courtney, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. I was desperate to record because we started chatting off the bat and really connecting. And I was like, oh, this stuff is so good. We need to press record as soon as possible (laughs) to continue this conversation.
1: I have a feeling we would have just kept talking. We have plenty to chat about for sure. A lot of things in common.
0: And this is one of the reasons I really wanted you on my show, because as I read your book and as I read your blogs, I just saw so many similarities with with my approach. But I, I want to start really simple. I want to learn more about how you got started when it comes to this be more with less concept. What was the catalyst to begin to live more simply? Well, it wasn't
1: uh just this great awakening. And I knew I had to change and simplify my life. It was actually a pretty dramatic wake up call that I had because I needed something not subtle (laughs) to wake me up. And in 2006, after months of feeling like crap and back and forth to doctor's offices and testing and dealing with a lot of like really weird, unexplained symptoms like vertigo and fatigue, tingling in my hands and uh, numbness in my face. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. It was something that had never crossed my mind as one of those things that we might worry about to happen in our lives. I really thought it was an ear infection and was just annoyed that this was happening and slowing me down. But once I got that diagnosis, I very quickly shifted from being annoyed to being aware and almost immediately, not very immediately, but almost immediately grateful for the opportunity to kind of investigate what was going on in my life and think about how I might live healthier, even with this new diagnosis.
0: Right. So, yes, yeah, so talk about motivation to live healthier. And so now you have this big reason to reflect on your life. As you started to take inventory on your life and think, okay, well, now with this diagnosis, what needs to change? What were some of the things that came to mind?
1: It was almost exclusively one thing, and that was that I had to eliminate the stress in my life. And at that point, I wasn't even aware about how rampant it was and where it was. I just knew that my life was very stressful. I felt overwhelmed most of the time and all the research I did on MS and how, you know, what triggers exacerbations and symptoms all kind of led back to stress. Mm. And that was it. I didn't, again, I didn't know what that would look like. I just knew that stress, I had to reduce a lot of stress in my life.
0: Yes. Well, that is something that I'm definitely passionate about. And the interesting thing about stress, which you've just mentioned, is oftentimes we don't even know how stressed we are because it's become our normal. Can you talk a bit about that?
1: Uh, you're exactly right. I mean, it is our normal. It's how we just feel all day long. We have this like low level if if we're not experiencing something you know, really severe, we have this low level anxiety and stress going on. And we don't really know that it's happening because like you said, it feels normal. Everyone around us is struggling with the same thing. So we kind of just accept it as our cross to bear. Like it's a busy world. We got to make money. We have to take care of our families. We, you know, have to do all of these things. And so we just accept that as part of the package.
0: Yes. And so here you are with this diagnosis and it makes you take a step back and look at your stress. And I'm sure those excuses came to mind, but this is part of my life, but my life doesn't stop with a diagnosis. I still have a family. I still need to make money. I still have responsibilities. So as you're reflecting and you have that same voice that a lot of us have, what was the other side of that? I mean, what were you able to begin to realize as you looked closer?
1: I didn't even really get that far because I knew if I were to really overthink it, that I wouldn't do it. That mm. was kind of how I used to, to roll is I would think about a change and then I would just think it to death yeah, yes, <laughs> and not do it. And so this time I just thought, you know, what is one area of my life that might be stressful and impacting this disease in my body? And the first thing I came to was food, which might not seem like the most logical place to start, but I just wanted to to try something that might make a difference. And this wasn't a doctor-recommended thing. It, just on my own, I decided to eliminate um, most animal products from my diet, To reduce the stress which appears in your body is inflammation, which triggers MS exacerbations. Uh, Just from my life to see what that would feel like. It was always kind of a let's try it, see what it looks like, and then make adjustments. Because the last thing I wanted to do was add extra stress to my life by making changes.
0: Yeah. Well, no, it's such a a great point that that change itself, even positive change, can feel stressful and we can think it to death. So we're seeing now, I mean, I love that you're saying that you just had to take action and experiment. and, And this is what's so important because I am naturally bad at this. I have worked on being better, but I have always been an overthinker. And so my quest in life, my constant journey is to allow myself to take action without having all of the answers and knowing that nothing is permanent. So here you are having a similar experience when it came to that action around food. You have this idea that you want to cut something out, but then what did that action step look like?
1: Yeah, It was, well, it was slow and steady. It wasn't this overnight change, which was usually my go-to way of changing things, which never lasted. Mm -hmm. So I thought if I want to eliminate animal products from my diet, I'm not going to do it all at once. And so it just happened uh, without, I can't think of a better way to phrase this, but one animal at a time. So I cut cows out of my diet and then it was pork and then it was poultry, and then it was seafood. And then after a while, I mean, after many, many years, I made changes, I brought some fish back into my diet. Uh, I just always try to pay attention to what my body wants, because it's always changing. And so the food that fit me the best 10 years ago is not going to be the food that fits me best today.
0: I'm so happy you're saying that (laughs) I just it's so good to hear because we always are bombarded with the latest like research and which always changes. You know, you read one paper that says you shouldn't eat meat, then another one that says that you should have some meat. And I think what you're saying is so important. Can you give yourself an experience and check in and realize what's best for you? Because what's best for you isn't always what's best for everybody else.
1: Right. And trust yourself because like you said, there are so many different opinions and recommendations. And I think there's probably benefits to all of these options out there, but what is sustainable in your life? What actually makes you sleep better, feel better, um, have fewer mood swings, whatever it is that you're looking for, that's what's working for you then. And then after a while, like you said, check in and make adjustments. I'm so over the the labeling of the way that we're supposed to eat and then boxing ourselves into this one particular way like I eat keto or I eat vegan or I eat whatever. Like just eat food that is good for your body. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. So it started with you looking at your diet and trying to make things more simple, how did that then translate to different aspects of your life? Like looking at what now you're really becoming known for are things or not living mm-hmm. with so many things and simplifying your life in that way.
1: It, it was kind of this snowball effect where once kind of changing my diet felt like the new normal and I was adjusted to it and feeling better and noticing improvements. I thought, what's the next most stressful thing in my life? And it was debt just tens of thousands of dollars in consumer debt, house debt. I mean, I had been in debt since I was 18 years old. Like the moment I could get my hands on a credit card, I went into debt and never came up for air until my late thirties. So I just had a lot of debt to deal with. And that too felt normal. Like I, up until that point, I never considered that I could be debt free, but where my goal here was getting rid of stress. And that was stressful. Um, My husband and I worked together and decided to get rid of our debt. And that took longer than the diet changes took. Of course, it took probably three years to become completely debt free, but it set this whole thing in motion around my stuff being stressful too, because as I was paying the debt off, I wasn't shopping as much. I wasn't bringing as much into the house. But I was paying attention to my stuff and realizing, first of all, how much of it I never even noticed. How much of it I only noticed from, a, like, walking in at the end of the day and just feeling overwhelmed by all the crap I had to take care of. Instead of how it served me, like, what was the point of owning it if it wasn't adding value to my life?
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's so interesting because we you mentioned before that. you look at the stress and you begin to realize that you have stresses in in different places of your life that you didn't even notice before. It's like we become used to it. It's the same thing with our things. It's like certain things are stressful to us. And sometimes we don't realize it because we're living with it day in and day out. Maybe there's just one moment where we walk into a room and we feel overwhelmed, but then we just get on with life. And I don't think we realize what it's really doing.
1: Right. I mean, we have because I think we are conditioned to add, add, add in terms of things like we always need something new to be happier or more successful or to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, even though that might be, that might not be like our conscious thought. It is something that a lot of us consider. I definitely did. And having the right things and having the the proper furnishings in each room, we never really stopped to think like, what's best for our life? Kind of like food, what's best for our body? Well, what stuff is best for our life? Uh, Before we decluttered a tremendous amount of stuff and downsized, I remember it was my husband, my daughter and myself. So three of us. And I had a dining table or a patio table outside with six chairs. I had a kitchen table with six chairs and I had a dining room table with eight chairs. So that adds up to way more than three people need for (laughs) dining options. Like it was just ridiculous how many chairs I had. And that just made me laugh and think, what else do I have too much of? And of course there were many, many things.
0: Yeah. Well, the irony of this is that when you actually don't feel enough or you feel some sac- a sense of lack, especially when you're in debt, it feels really hard to get rid of excess because there's such a feeling of not having enough. I do think that the debt and the emotions around that do impact people's ability to get rid of things that they don't need. Have you seen that?
1: Definitely. But it also what it did for me when I had all the debt and all the stuff, is it just made me want to have more stuff, Um, which is kind of weird, but I think now that I'm saying it out loud, but what would happen is I was so deep in debt and really suffering from that and trying to pretend that I wasn't suffering. So I would say things to myself like, well, your credit score's already in the toilet, so you may as well go and buy something else with your credit card.
0: Right, so it's easy to accumulate because you get that hit of for a moment, not feeling lack because you're gaining right. something, but then getting rid of something that you don't need is difficult because it can bring back feelings of lack or what it's if on the f- in the future.
1: It's true, but there's one thing that can really make that so much easier. And I've seen this happen in my life and in many, many people's lives whom I've worked with. And that is to really understand why you want to get rid of it. Not why you want to let go because letting go, that's such a scary phrase, but why do you, why don't you want this thing anymore? Or what's your bigger, why about getting rid of the clutter? So for me, it was reducing stress. It wasn't because I wanted to have a, a nice countertop or a clean countertop, or I wanted it to appear that I was clutter free it was so far beyond the superficial reasons that I had made changes for in the past that it was, it was more powerful than the pain of letting go.
0: Yes. It's almost like oftentimes our initial thoughts, like our, our thoughts aren't true. Like We shouldn't always believe everything that we think. And so sometimes how you talk about thinking something to death, when we think about letting go, there might be this reaction of, uh, no, what if I need it in the future? But then when we actually take that action, when we get clear on the why, when we look deeper, when we get the reason, and then when we do it, it feels incredibly liberating. And I do find that like letting go of things is one of those action steps where you do it a little bit. And just by doing it a little bit, it helps you do more. It like gives you that, that little bit of a hit of, oh, actually this does feel good and i don't have to right. give away everything all at once and live like a minimalist tomorrow right or ever or ever <laughs> yes yes yeah
1: it's so true and what we forget when we're when we're fearful or worried about letting go we forget how hard holding on is mm-hmm. so we hold on to this stuff we hold on to it with the space in our drawers and on our counters we hold on to it with our attention like we're always on some level paying attention to our surroundings and we in often cases hold on to it with a lot of guilt for spending too much on it and never using it this happens especially in the closet um but we only have to let go of that thing one time but we have to hold on to it every day over and over and over again that's painful
0: yes yeah so you you brought up this why and for you it was realizing the, the stress that it was causing you. Was there anything else? Can you kind of talk a little bit more about that? Why?
1: I mean, that was really the core reason for me is that I wanted to be healthy and enjoy my life. And as I was uncovering these layers, you know, while I was changing my diet, getting rid of debt, letting go of stuff, I started to see the potential of the life that I could live. Mm. And that was so appealing to me because before it was all about dealing with all the stuff that I had to do and the way I was supposed to live and dealing with what other people thought of me or what I thought they thought of me. But it was never about how can I just really enjoy and engage in my life, like actually show up for my life. And so when I started to see little glimpses of that, that definitely inspired Aired my why even further. Like it wasn't enough anymore just to think, um, I just want to feel good. Mm-hmm. Now I want to feel good, be present, better connect with people I love. Like I just, interestingly enough, I wanted less in a lot of areas of my life, but I wanted so much more in the areas that really mattered to me.
0: Yes. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And one of the reasons I feel like I was so attracted to your book and to your blogs is because my husband and I are going through something similar, but a slightly different angle in the sense that we've been reading so much about the environmental like impact of just the stuff and the culture we have, even the clothes, like cheap fashion and how much clothes goes into landfills and, you know, the chemicals involved and realizing that every purchase we make is really a vote towards something. It's supporting something. It's encouraging something. So how can we use our money to encourage things that we feel like are helping the world and also not spending on things that we think aren't helping the world that are creating damage? You know, I have a I have a one year old, And the amount of plastic toys, like the thought for me is that every piece of plastic that he owns is going to live longer than he does.
1: Mm.
0: Like that blew my mind. Every plastic that I've ever used in my entire life is going to outlive me. And so I don't want to just use things like everything I buy has a massive impact on the world. And so for me, that was my big why. Of like This doesn't feel good anymore. It's causing me stress to have all these things. And it's also causing me stress as I think about the impact this has on the planet and on future generations. And once you get that why, it's so much easier to make a change. It's like it's like liberating. You know, you feel like you're living your life consciously. You're being more present. Uh, You know, you're like you said, you're being more with less.
1: Yeah, and once you do know like really know, not just from hearing it from someone else, but you know it inside of you, then ignoring it is really hard. Oh, and yeah. it, it, because I've tried, believe me on many levels uh, in my life to ignore things that I know to be true, and it's very uncomfortable and it really can eat you up. So to to circle back to the very beginning of the conversation to know something and then take action is so satisfying and again, inspires more and more change.
0: Yes. And so one way that you're guiding people to begin to make these changes is with a new book called project three, three, three. Tell us about this aspect when you, when you look at the, the, this fashion challenge.
1: Sure. Well, so the book actually started, Almost 10 years ago, when I created the fashion challenge behind it called Project 333. And I created it as a personal challenge because even though I had simplified like so many levels of my life, I didn't simplify my closet because I thought I loved shopping. I believed that I needed new things for my job, for events, for meeting with clients. I thought I had to look a certain way. And I thought, that the way that I dressed made people think of me in certain ways. Like I had all these beliefs wrapped up in my clothes and I had a strong emotional connection to most of my clothing. So I wanted to figure out a way where I could sample simplicity in the closet without completely getting rid of everything that I owned. And this challenge was the perfect solution. So I'll just kind of give you a quick overview of what you do for the challenge, if anyone's interested, but you essentially for three months dress with 33 items or less, including clothing, shoes, jewelry, and accessories, and not including things like underwear, sleepwear, loungewear, or workout clothes, but your workout clothes have to work out or... (laughs) Or I'm not saying don't wear workout clothes in your normal life. I don't mind, but just count them towards your 33 items. If they're more like part of your regular wardrobe versus what you work out in and everything else goes into hiding. So out of sight, out of mind was my thought on that. And for three months I didn't do any shopping and just had those 33 items. Um, probably, 18 to 23 of them are clothes. And this is different for everyone, um, but four or five shoes, and then a couple pieces of jewelry and accessories like sunglasses, a purse, a tote bag, um, a scarf. Depending on what season it is, you may need gloves and a hat, like I do right now. Mm-hmm. And then I just let it go and thought, what what will I learn over these next three months? What'll happen? Yes. I had the worries. Will people notice? Um, will I have enough? Am I going to look stupid? Whatever. All of those things ran through my head. And at the end of the three months I had really redefined my relationship with stuff and shopping and also changed a lot of those thoughts when my experience proved otherwise.
0: And I read that nobody noticed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was one kind of crushing thing. No one was thinking about me like I thought they were.
0: (laughs) That's I think that's the biggest hesitation. People think like, well, people notice, but no, people really don't. And my goodness, do you save time? Oh, my gosh,
1: I saved so much time, so much money. I had amazing mornings because I wasn't stressing about what to wear. And when I say no one noticed, I mean, today probably no one would notice because I work by myself. But then when I first started the challenge and for the first year that I did it, I was working full time, you know, with clients, with a sales team, with um, bosses and around people constantly. So the fact that they didn't notice just made me realize that all of that thinking about people thinking about me was just not true.
0: Right. Yes. You know, I I read the book from cover to cover and I found it so interesting. Now, I did not jump into the challenge, I'm being honest, but I was able just from reading the book and not packing away my clothes to organize things different and get rid of so many more things, also decide not that I didn't need more. A big thing that it inspired me to do is to go through my email and unsubscribe to every shopping thing because I don't need a reminder from, you know, some store that they have some kind of sale because I'm getting things that I don't even need. I think that's one of the problems. We don't actually know how much we have because we haven't spent time with it. We're just kind of ignoring the stuff in the back.
1: Right. Because there's something new and shiny waiting for us in our inbox or at the mall or wherever you get excited about buying things.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. And not really, you know, and it's made me appreciate the things that I have. I've noticed the big difference too is when I have this idea that, okay, this is something, if I'm really having a pared down wardrobe, if I do need something, the thought process isn't, oh, it's because it's on sale. The thought process is, is this going to last me? You know, is this a versatile like that? My thought process with purchase things, things are so much different than what it used to be before reading the book. And just having that awareness and asking yourself those questions, if you do purchase something, it lasts longer. It's not just a quick fix and that's over. But like, you know, you're really getting a lot from your decisions, from your purchases. When before, I can't tell you how many things I had in my closet that still had price tags on them. And when I would look at the price tag, I would realize, oh, I only bought this because it was on sale. (laughs)
1: Yeah, the price if the price is the most appealing thing about something, it's probably not a great deal.
0: It's not a great deal. No, definitely not. And I've also changed my mindset where I'm now willing to spend a little bit more for something that's better quality and lasts longer than that the fast fashion.
1: Yeah, I mean, what's so funny about that if I really think about it is I would it would be so easy as I recall to buy a Twenty or thirty or forty dollar dress, and then it would never fit right, never feel good, and so I would buy another one and another one and another one and who knows how much I would spend in a year on these cheap dresses where if I had just spent you know a, an amount that felt outrageous to me at the time, I would have saved money yes. in the long
0: run <laughs> yes, absolutely, well, you know this is fantastic. I learned so much from from reading the book and It's something that I'm definitely going to experiment more with. I think even if you don't do the exact challenge, there's so much value in the questions that you ask and the invitation you give us to begin to reflect on our choices. So I definitely recommend this book. And do you have anything else that you want to share about the book? Because I have another question for you before we wrap up, but I want to make sure I'm not missing anything essential.
1: Yeah, just that it contagious. And it really doesn't have a lot to do with your clothes or your closet, even though that's where it starts. That's the entry point, but it really is about looking at your entire life and what you allow in for the kind of life you want to live.
0: Oh man. Let's talk about that's clothes. That's food. That's people. What are you allowing in? We have to ask ourselves that question. That's great. Well, Courtney, there's a question I ask everyone who's on the show, and I might—I think you've already answered it, but I'd like to pose it, pose it in this way. Um, what is something that at the time was incredibly challenging but ended up becoming a blessing?
1: Well, I'd have to say that diagnosis of MS was very challenging because I didn't really understand the disease itself. I didn't know what to expect. I knew that it could go in a lot of really bad directions and had a lot of fear around it. But looking back on it now, I mean, it's been an enormous blessing in my life. It has really turned my entire life around, my work around, my relationships, all of it. I'm so grateful to multiple sclerosis. I I just don't even know how to express that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's beautiful. And I'm sure and I know that is inspiring to many people because a lot of us are facing different challenges, whether it's our health or debt. And these moments can be the catalyst to a lot of great things. Definitely. And what I love about your work is it doesn't mean that you have, a you know, something like this happens and you have to make a drastic change all at once and feel perfect and, you know, power your way through it. There's a real gentleness to your work and real self-compassion. And it's something that I, I really appreciate. I just wanted to share that. Thank you. So Courtney, this is fantastic. And for all those who are listening, check this out. It's Project 333. I'm going to link it in the show notes at thetappingsolution.com forward slash notes. And I'm also going to share some of my favorite blog posts because Courtney, your website is fantastic. And I enjoy, I really, I spent some time today looking through it. And every once in a while, I check it out. It's bemorewithless.com. Is that right?
1: It is. Thank it you is very much. It is
0: wonderful. Courtney, thank you so much for being with us.